It's our own guest, Camila. Congratulations on that. Very well done. Congrats. Like the country that Borat hates. Once again, Borat. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know what he was expecting of me, honestly. Uzbek dad things. I've been living in the UK for like four and a half years and I still have that like terrible oh, accent on the different <laughs> difference is she worked on it i'm not sure if you did <laughs> the forum show Hello. <laughs> you please switch off your phone thank you so much i realized that after i graduate bus drivers here in london get paid more than junior architects right. and i was like you know what i'll be a bus driver oh, wow. mashallah. Mashallah. Oof. where do you get this energy from um a lot of coffee um, <laughs> um a lot of trauma Is there something you want to talk about? 100%, yeah, let's go for it. What kind of abuse we're talking about, if you don't mind me asking? Abuse, domestic abuse, violence. When I went to the police. The oncology, you you want it now. Back. Sometimes you gotta mashallah yourself. With that, I also lost a piece of me, which is the Uzbek language. How do you feel about that? Good. Да, рекорд кетти. Rolling. Рекорд қатты ма? Давай. Okay. We have a gift from uh, Art in Amti. Thank you so much. I love it. Like I love it so much. You got another one as well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> We have a uh, piala. Piola. Piola. Yeah, piola. Piola and this is uh, I think it's called kalamper. 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 Yep, yep. Yes, yes. So let's mo- uh, focus on the. Oh yeah. Uh, by the way, we have some. Mu- uh, oh sorry. <laughs> sorry again. <laughs> we, we, have, we have some okay, news. Okay. Yeah, we have some news. By the way, so Uzbekistan is represented at destinations travel and holiday show in London by Wild Frontiers. Wild Frontiers. Frontiers. How do you pronounce that? Wild Frontiers. So, Wild Frontiers. Uh, you know, have you heard about this? I have, yes, I have actually heard of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, my dad has sent me about this from Tashkent. Oh, okay. <laughs> He was like, "Oh, Cami, this is happening. You should definitely go." I'm like, mm, "Okay." <laughs> I think Wild Frontiers is quite quite active in sending tourists to Uzbekistan from Britain. Yes. From from what I know, I went to their websites. They uh, send people to all over the places, but they put a lot of emphasis on Uzbekistan. Yeah, and I've watched video. Uh, the guy was saying uh, they have sent like. 500 tourists to Uzbekistan. Can you blame them? All the plof. All the plof. All the plof. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, that's actually a, a, a good thing to, to talk about. Um, British people don't know much about Uzbekistan. They know about Turkey. They know about well, obviously India, China. Yeah, Pakistan. Spain. When when you say like where are you from and Uzbekistan, Pakistan. And um, the fact that we, we, we have been talking to Muzaffarikya Oshpaz uh, in our last episode, and um, we talked about the success of Uzbek restaurants in London. And the main contributor for the many restaurants that came and go, um, for their not being successful, is the fact that British people don't know. Mm. And there are not enough people uh, who can generate the food traffic to go and uh, food traffic and revenue to go and eat in Uzbek restaurants. Mm-hmm. And I think that these kind of initiatives would improve 
this image of Uzbekistan. They would know about Plov, as you mm-hmm. said. Um, they would know about Somsa, they would know about culture, and they would start looking for it here in Britain as well, and that will create a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs, for the business people. What they know is Samosa, not the Somsa. Yeah. Samosa is... Uh, sambusa, in fact. S- yeah, yeah, they say, oh, Indian Sambusa. Yeah, yeah, 100%. In- Indian or yeah. Pakistani. Yeah. Um, you know what? I actually kind of agree and disagree a lot of people see Uzbekistan like in National Geographic and mm. a lot of press magazines newspapers they see it they're exposed to it already firsthand um, which is great but they actually do find out more about Uzbekistan through the people that they know yeah um, we are the ambassadors technically um, our generation you know yeah, exactly. the expats we are the <laughs> the unofficial ambassadors of Uzbekistan um, a lot of My friends, a lot of my colleagues said they never heard of Uzbekistan before they met me. And now they're like, oh my gosh, I want to go to Samarkand, you know. Yeah, exactly. I was like, well, that's okay. Um, you know, it, it, it's very costly to go to Uzbekistan, I understand. But we do have a mini Uzbekistan here in London, you know, Oshpaz. Oshpaz, <laughs> yeah. Yes. You know, let's go. <laughs> so as the ambassadors, uh, as you said, the Uzbek community is the ambassador of, of Uzbekistan here. Do you think we are doing enough? Do you think we can do more? What can we do differently? I think we are doing enough. Um simply by you know just correcting people that it's not pakistan first of all and second mm-hmm. of all <laughs> <laughs> that's the main that's the main issue <laughs> exactly and second of all um correcting them when they think that it's a village in russia um and third of all you know giving geography lessons for free i moved here when i was 11 years old um like what 16 17 years ago i went to a british school no one has ever heard of uzbekistan um So I had to give geography lessons for free, even Ooh. to the teachers, even at adults. Um, they never heard of Uzbekistan ever before. And you, I used to get bullied for it. Um, really? Yeah, they were like, oh. oh, isn't that a village in Russia? Isn't that like the country that Borat hates? Once again, the Borat. Oh my God. I'm I so sick of it. I, please. Um, but yes, you you think that, you know, you're giving this geography lessons for free and you think they're not paying off, but they actually do pay off. Because a few years ago... I went to university and I got this random message on Facebook from someone I went to school with. He was just this pure British lad, you know. Um, he just messaged me. He was like, hi, and there was a photo and it's a photo of, of him from Samarkand. Ooh, okay. And I was like, oh, hello. And he was That's like, so yeah, I'm, you know, I got a job offer in China, but I'm just making a quick stop pit in Uzbekistan. And I thought of you, this is your country. I remember you like talking about this. I was like, you know what? This is actually paying off. I can make money out of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Referral fees from, from Uzbek government, yeah, for, from the Ministry of Tourism. <laughs> um, yeah, if they're listening. <laughs> but yeah, it, it does pay off. You know, all these little things do pay off. Um, but as a community, I do definitely think we can do more. And considering, yeah. Yeah, considering the success of the Uzbek Culture Festival last year, um, we can definitely do more, yeah. You know what else makes um, good PR for the country? Mm. It's sports. I have had many encounters in taxis where, like, British people were talking about our boxers, we're talking about footballers. That's how they know about Uzbekistan. Oh, actually, once uh, I was just walking on the street and the guy approached me and he asked, he, he started asking random questions and eventually he asked me, like, where I'm from. And I said, Uzbekistan. And he was like, are you a boxer? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, pe- people, people, a lot of people here, they, they know 
that we have good, very good boxers, Oli uh, Olympic champions. Mm. Our boxers did really well in 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 Brazil. Uh, they did uh, really well, and I've, I keep hearing about it from British people. Um, our chess players are doing really well now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah I've heard right of that. Away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, our second news is uh, the first footballer in English Premier League is yeah, coming or has already came from Partakor all the way to Brentford in London. So that's, that's Muhammad Ale so Urumbayev, amazing, who is quite young, eighteen years old, uh, has. Uh, made a loan agreement for six months, which apparently has a potential of becoming a permanent permanent agreement. Mashallah. Wow, Mashallah. Oof. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, guys. I know which team I'll be supporting now 100%. From going yes, forward. Me too. <laughs> I, I mean, usually I don't watch football. Neither do I. I will start watching football <laughs> after that. Guys, we need all the Uzbeks in Bradford, like yeah, FC, exactly. with Uzbek <laughs> flags. We have to. Yeah. That's it. Brent, Brentford, and he, um, I'm, I'm on their website now. Um, he says it's the dream of every young player to be in the English Premier League. It oh, is actually oh, quite quite, yes. a, quite a big thing, and I'm excited to be another step closer to where I want to be. Now I will work, look forward. I will uh, now I'll work hard and show the world that Uzbek players, what Uzbek players are capable of. Is that not the represent, representation? Beautiful. That's that that's really good. So good luck, obviously. Wait, uh, who else is playing in Bradford FC? There's someone like, else. Uh, Romeo Beckham. Oh. Who's that? He, he's the son of Beckham. <laughs> the, son, the, yeah, the surname sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, 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 Beckham. <laughs> Definitely an Ipa baby. Here. That's cool. And um, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm checking uh, how well... Brentford. Brentford. Is it Brentford? Yeah. Brentford FC is doing on the English Premier League. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking, just a second. FC, table. They are actually doing not bad. They're do, doing better than I was expecting. They are not at the bottom of the table. They are not being relegated, which is good. They are bottom half, but they are slightly worse than Chelsea. Uh, so just just slightly. <laughs> okay, Uzbeks, you know, Uzbeks will come, and you know, so will yeah, the Luxembourg. Exactly. Will come, yeah. After you know. that, when Uzbek uh, Plov, the power of Plov and Kazer and everything will exactly. will show. Yeah, when Muhammad Ali will start playing. He so will definitely, exactly, you know, be the plug up, yeah. of the Kazakh, 100%. The <laughs> he will teach the English football players what protein, real protein is. Exactly, yeah. 100%. <laughs> we are hoping, um, well, he's here till June, apparently. <gasps> we have to meet him, you guys. We have to meet him. We have to, we, we have to invite him to our podcast, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so if anyone knows how to reach to him. Please let us know. Please, or if you are watching us, Muhammad yeah, Ali. If you're watching us, welcome. Please reach to us. So uh, at hashtag.uk, <laughs> our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, good luck to him. I think yeah. he he he. Um, last time I uh, read the news, it was pending some sort of approval. Uh, mm -hmm. Apparently, they need to go through the approval. But looking now at the website of the football. Um, club he's already there it has been confirmed so he's here that's good uh so we have our third news here uh professor hamid puran a scientist and an engineer from the uk is appointed an academy advisor to director at the central asian green university in tashkent so murat was asking when i was adding this news to to our list what does it has to do with our community but then i said well it's tashkent uh, a British professor, and he's talking about Green University. Apparently, we have a Green yeah. University in Uzbekistan. Honestly, I didn't know this. Yeah, me, me neither. So, 
but but it's it's a good thing, isn't it? It's um, an amazing thing. The uh, ecological problem is becoming kind of a, a permanent topic on our podcast. We have been talking yeah, exactly. uh, about it on the first episode, on mm. the second episode, and now we are talking about it now. So why not to discuss it? A British professor has been appointed as an advisor to a rector yeah. uh, of the Green University. Asian, I think it's a good thing. Yeah, Central Asian University in Tashkent. I never heard about this university before. Yeah. So w- what do you think of the attention to the uh, ecological problems? I think I think we can call it problems now because yeah, it's raised, issue, raised a lot. Yeah. It's 100% um, an issue. Do you think that uh, these kind of initiatives like opening universities and inviting international uh, scientists would help the issue? It definitely would, but I think... If it's an internal issue within a country, you do need support of its own people as well and of its own nation. So what the initiative, what the bloggers have been doing and I've been seeing on social media is that they bring this awareness through the viral um, have the you post, heard of the, the, the song, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's, that's really and nice. he filmed it in summer. And actually, a friend of mine, a brother of a friend of mine, like he helped it, okay. like with, with it. So yeah, um, but yeah, I'm. You, I'm seeing this going viral and it's helping the public to understand and be more awakened to yeah, it. What's so, yeah, what's going on, yeah. We've got another great news. Um, oh, I wonder what that is. Someone has been selected by UN Women in UK as an official delegate for United Nations Commission on the Status of Women. Oh my God, we Also known as CSW68. <laughs> it's our own guest, Camilla. Congratulations on that. Very well done. Um, It sounds very formal and official. Tell us what it is. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Right. Okay. So um, UN Women UK does this an amazing initiative, a program that started in 2021, um, well, opened up to the public in 2021. They do a program of two weeks worth of events, meetings, general meetings, um, where you discuss issues awareness and bring awareness to a lot of different issues um so it changes every year last year was about digital so a lot of my friends and colleagues and people that i know they got involved with that and it's mostly people and women working in it and tech but this year is about poverty and investment in women which is exactly Mm. what i am intrigued by interested in working towards and it's a personal subject for me as well because i've experienced it um so yes, I will be at the meetings. There's two meetings happening um, in London and there where I'll be participating and obviously discussing. So will that lead to some sort of, I don't know, uh, legislation or some sort of initiatives that 100%. will be picked up? Yes. That's great. That's exactly. Great. So all these two weeks worth of events, conferences, general meetings and whatnot, they, they are actually happening in um, New York where the headquarters of UN is. Um, there will be live streaming, but also there'll be live events here in London, which I will be attending. And yeah, so I have a lot to say. So, um, what, what was the process? Is it like, do you apply for these kind of things? Yes. Um, last year I've applied and I was too late. So I've harassed them. <laughs> and I think they got kind of sick of me. He's like, who is this Uzbek lady? <laughs> so they send me an email before they sent it to general um, saying, by the way, like this is happening again. Um, and we know you were late. So here's the application and applied and application is pretty simple i'm pretty sure everyone can join if you're passionate about something um a topic that you want to bring up please apply next year um do you know the topic of the next year's no i don't do they how 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 um 
in advance they announce the I've only found out once they send me an email out to apply to like right. to apply. So yeah. And you know what you're going to so you, you are going to you, you will make a presentation a statement how does it work? Yeah, give us some more detail because I'm still like <laughs> I cannot understand what's going on. <laughs> okay, so as a delegate, if you if there is a certain topic that you would like to discuss, in my case, it's investment of women who are going through certain circumstances or emergency circumstances. So if someone who's going through domestic violence and abuse like I have in the past, um, mm. I was in a system and I've asked the system for help here in UK. There's not much that the system can provide in fact i mean maybe there is but it's not as informative as it, it as it could have been um i was still in educational institution i was still in college i was still a teenager when this has happened to me um thankfully there's google you can google everything but it's not in educational institutions so my aim is to bring this up into this conferences to kind of bring more investment into young girls and women and be, provide information provide um, a safe space to talk where you can get the help. So it's more like increasing awareness so that people know when they experience something, where to go, what to do. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. That's, yeah. that's really good. And how we can help them or what's the, what's the I don't know, process of helping them? So you basically like raise the topics. Okay. Um, I'm personally new to this, so I'm not exactly sure, but you raise the topics, bring the awareness, um, argue your your topics okay. at the general meetings and then they take note and there's voting and once that's officialized and they agreed on there is official document that they sign at the end so you're literally this. contributing to the you're official, contributing right, that's, exactly that's great, that's great. Mm, so yeah okay. um you've touched upon your uh, background um every superhero has an origin story what is yours Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> How much time do I have? Um, I am from Tashkent originally. Um, I come from a mixed household. My dad is from Fergana Valley. My mom is an ethnic Russian who was born and raised in Tashkent, just like her mother. Um, I immigrated here when I was 11 years old. So essentially spent Tashkent, like, living in Tashkent until I was 11 and then moved here to London. Um, raised in Stresham Hill. Southeast London, bang bang. <laughs> um, and I guess my passion for the culture has started because I couldn't find a community. Right. Mm. Um, back then, it was very, what I found, it was very divided. There are Uzbeks who don't want anything to do with Uzbek culture, Uzbek right. language, um, nothing to do with the events. They, as I've heard them say, they cringe at the Uzbek events and anything to do with Central Asia. So what I found is I couldn't find my own community because back then it was very split. There, what the year it of, was? God, so 2007. Right, 2007. 2007. Okay. There, there, there were not. Too there was not a lot of a lot of thing happening at back at that time promoting Uzbekistan in a positive way. Obviously, uh, in any way. Exactly. In any exactly. way. Exactly. Uh, all of the all of the news were bad news outside of Uzbekistan. Mm. Um, so I. I, I do understand why that might happen back then. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of Uzbeks I was meeting and I were completely, it was divided. Um, so there were the Uzbeks who wanted nothing to do with Uzbekistan, the culture, the language. And I think that comes from a trauma. 
So whatever they've experienced in a society, in the culture, or simply because they couldn't separate the culture from the politics, which right. I understand is mm. a completely different topic. And then there was a type of Uzbeks who live, laugh, and love in Uzbek. Yeah. Like they're so consumed by the culture. They're so that they love everything to do with Uzbekistan. I think those uh, those people are who who have been living a, like far from Uzbekistan and they miss their homeland. Yeah. Maybe maybe there is, but what I found is that they um they have their own way of understanding what Uzbek culture is and they're trying to protect that. Right. Mm. Um like they they vision of it. Um Do you think to the point uh of them not willing to integrate into the exactly. local culture? Exactly. Right. Maybe maybe that is, but it also not very welcoming to people who are in the middle like me. Right. Mm. So I'm essentially third culture kid. Yep. Um I don't know the language properly. Um I'm trying my best, but they're not welcoming that to them well, as like oh you're Uzbek from Uzbekistan so you're Russian, but you don't speak like you don't speak Uzbek so you're Russian. Um which is not exactly it's a, it, it creates a hostile environment for someone who is trying to learn. Um but yeah. But it's not your fault that you moved uh, the young age and obviously you were not raised among the Uzbeks. So I think the the fact that you're trying to learn and presenting the culture is is the big thing and it like it helps Uzbekistan to to promote it more here in the UK. Mm. If I, if it makes sense. It does, it does indeed. Okay. <laughs> do, do do you think it changed now? 100%. It did. What yeah. what do you think is 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 the contributing factor? I I realized I don't have a lot of people surrounding me in my early 20s when I started going to university. Like I let I met a lot of people from Central Asia students who came here to study in university, but once, you know, the studies end, they go back home. But there's not a lot of like people who actually were raised here or born here and like they're trying to connect to the roots. So I started to post on social media a lot. Instagram, TikTok everywhere. Mm. And I started to attract the audience who are just exactly like me. Um first it was international, so USA, Denmark, um few places in Australia, um mm, okay. Europe. It was amazing. And because I draw and I sell it, they started to purchase my merch as well from it. Oh, wow, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I started promoting events that are happening like Nauru's um at USL, UCL and stuff. Um and I started to attract the locals. So I started to attract um people who were born and raised here. I started to attract people who were married to Uzbeks, so they're English, British, Europeans, and they really want to learn about their spouse's culture. Yeah. Um I started to attract Uzbeks who were from Afghanistan. Yes. Ethnically mm-hmm. Uzbek but from yeah. Afghanistan and then moved to London um who are trying to learn more about their culture as well and reconnect. So I started to attract a lot of different people locally. I was like, "Oh wow, so there is a community here after all. I'm not alone. I'm not on my own." And I started to kind of share more and more and more and I started to like create my own little platform in my own little community and I started to connect with like-minded people so it's definitely has changed from 2007 to now yeah yeah that's great that's amazing so um you came at the age of 11 you didn't know the language you English yes well 
we had intensive English lessons before we moved here, and my dad made uh, me watch Bridget Jones and <laughs> Hugh Grant movies, <laughs> and made me watch all the documentaries about the royal family. Right. Um, but once you, I can see it paid off <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but once you move to London, you can never be prepared for the amount of accents in here. Oh yes. Like everyone has an accent, and everyone speaks differently, exactly, yeah. completely. I remember I went to my first class in a British school and instead of saying sheets, like, can I have a piece of sheet? <laughs> I said a piece of shit. <laughs> so people took the piss out of me for a while. Um, you know, and everyone just says things differently. At first I was speaking a bit, you know, cockney. You know, can I have some water? Yeah, you water. know, so I was, I was bottle trying... A bottle of water. <laughs> a bottle of water. So, like, I was trying to find myself and trying to integrate into the culture, into the accent, into the language. But, yeah, I mean, I did speak English, but... I was too anxious, um, but yeah, it took took a while, maybe three years for me to lose the accent. But yeah, did you actually work on it? Hundred percent. I you watched. Did. Yeah, three I watched. Years. Three I've years. been living in the UK for like four and a half years, and I still have that like terrible the, accent. Honestly, the different, <laughs> difference is she worked on it. I'm not sure if you did. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, I start working on it. I surrounded myself with English middle class. Um, kids that might school. be the key okay. yeah and i watched lots of coronation street so ah, right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of cory um and watched a lot of basically like local british stuff mm. um but yeah i was very determined because i realized that don't take you seriously like teenagers in uk are very brutal they don't take you seriously unless your english is perfect like they will bully you yeah. um so i was like you know what no one can use that against me so my English will get so much better, better than yours, even though that's the only language you speak. So you can't use it against me. But then with that, I also lost a piece of me, which is the Uzbek language. How do you feel about that? Um, complex. <laughs> Conflicted. Um, there was a lot of shame initially. Mm. Um, because language does play a role in how well you know your culture. Did you speak Uzbek before coming to London? As a little kid, yes. Yeah? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. But then I lost it because I had no one to practice it with. Um, and you're too busy as a kid to try to integrate into the culture, new community, you know, new language. They think differently. It's, the mindset is completely different. Um, so I was too busy trying to integrate and survive, essentially, into mm. the new community. But you, you um, I see a lot of people who try to integrate and they try too hard that they mm. completely forget their the, the roots and where they came from. That did not happen with you. What do you think is the c contributing factor for that? Um, my family. Right. <laughs> um, my aunts used to make me watch Super Kalinchak. <laughs> All right, yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Which, you know, now gives, gives me post-traumatic stress disorder because it's everything I disagree with. Um, but yeah, I guess my my family, my aunts, um, maybe, maybe that, and also me trying my best. Because there is a piece of you, whether you agree with it or not, it's in your blood. Your blood will always call your name. Um, and there's a lot of wisdom in our culture um, that we don't realize until much, much later. There is a tendency that I observed in the Uzbek community where the parents try really hard uh, for their kids, the second generation, not to forget the language and the culture. But it's not always an easy thing to do. Mm. Um, 
what do you think as as a uh, third culture kid as you said yourself do you think that this kind of approach strictly forcing the kids to only speak uzbek at home or, or things like that is a good way to make them maintain their uh, cultural heritage or do you think there are better ways of doing that maybe there is um everyone's approach is different i met a lot of my friends now like they have kids um and you know they speak russian at home outside they speak english um so they're trying to integrate you know uzbek as well um so maybe they watch cartoons in uzbek only i mean it works different for for everyone but personally speaking i found it so hard because the uzbek language is not duolingo yes mm. um uzbek language is not on any apps like turkish um or you know like any other language out there that's easily you can easily learn um even google translate doesn't offer like a perfect crisp yeah, exactly. translation um so it, it is harder for me as well to learn as an adult let alone a kid so maybe that's the correct approach you know you're forcing something that is not yet developed and there are teachers out there like in Uzbekistan like very very good teachers and they actually contacted me like some of them they've seen my content and like let's let's do let's collaborate on something yeah exactly and it's maybe. amazing yeah. it's amazing i mean there yeah. are teachers out there um it's just when you're an adult you have to find time to and space for that yes it might be very good opportunity for you or for other teachers like to integrate that Uzbek language lessons to to the platforms like Duolingo and others yeah there was a big initiative on localizing han academy so maybe there there should be another initiative agahan uh, yeah. agahan did you say uh, han academy oh, okay. han academy the uh, the uh, online platform mm. uh, kamalapa was quite actively involved uh, along with others Maybe similar initiative should be made for localized localization of Duolingo, uh, create, creating yeah. Uzbe- Uzbek Uzbek content and and things like that. Yeah. Mm. So if anyone is yeah. listening from from our listeners, uh, has yes, <laughs> has some contacts, <laughs> let's do it. Um, so um, you came here at the age of eleven. You started school. You said that you had some not pleasant experience because of your of your background. and you get over it by hard work and trying to integrate learn the language um so going back to art mm. um uh, you're quite an arty person was it a gradual transition or was it always there it was always there um i come from a family of architects um, my eldest uncle um uncle murad um he was an architect he was initially an artist he was drawing a lot and he wanted to be an artist um and just happened by fate that when he went to moscow during 80s mm. he was a bit of a hippie as well he had long oh. hair and everything he was like a cool uncle um back in the days um, with the white trousers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah there are photos <laughs> there are photos um so he wanted to be an artist he went to moscow to study um arts they said no um and they were like well with the amount of exams that you've done and everything else you can be an architect so he took the chance and became an architect and he became a very good architect he's very well known in his circles um and i i looked up to him i grew up looking up to him because he was very successful wealthy and everything else he had amazing stories 
but I didn't realize that all of my cousins also were looking up to him. <laughs> so I'm a seventh to <laughs> so study. He was a cool, cool uncle. He was a cool uncle, um, but not cooler than my dad, obviously. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that you were doing stuff and selling to to others. Like, is it the same thing? Yeah. It was the same thing? Yeah, yeah. So the pins, my jewelry pins. Um, okay. Um, so more, please. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, let's talk about ar- 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 architecture and how it's gra- uh, it gradually became be- became, became yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, 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 the business. So I, I rushed it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so, yes, and then... I started to draw ever since I was seven years old. So it was little, little drawings. My dad has noticed it and he was like, you know what, um, I'll get you teachers to study it properly, watercolor, whatever techniques. So I was learning about different techniques. Um, and then my dad, one day I was doing an art exam and he looked at my art and he was like, I don't understand your art. I'm like, what is that? Like I was, I was like, dad, I was just, you know, um, express, like I was expressing it was abstract art. He's like, that's not art. Like, you know, I don't understand it. Like, give me something I would understand. Give me, can you draw love? Can you draw the feeling of anger? Can you draw the feeling of sadness? Well, that, that is, that is the abstract kind of thing that he has asked from you. How can you draw love? I don't know. I don't know what he was expecting of me, honestly. And Uzbek dad things. What, what did you draw that time? Well, at the time before I was drawing what I'm drawing now, basically, I was just, you know, colors, you know, random, yeah, flowers, you know, like Mm. a cute little nature things. Okay. Um, But then after that, my dad asked me, can you draw your anger? Can you draw your sadness? Can you draw your happiness? Can you draw your love? I started to explore it more and I started to like think more as like surrealist. Um, And I started to post it on social media and... um, yeah, and that's how I kind of progressed. I was looking at your art, and I can tell there's a lot of emotions in there. Oh, thank you. There are a lot of emotions, and uh, do you think that w- what your dad asked you to draw has uh, pushed you to explore this area, to express your emotions through, through your artwork? Yeah, uh, he. I think he did it subconsciously as well, because essentially art became a therapy. It became also a bridge between myself, my feelings, and bridge between myself and other people. So I've connected with a lot of different people. They send me messages, you know, someone that they've lost due to suicide um let's say and they're like oh i saw your art with sunflowers and um i'm gonna purchase it It just reminded me of my friend who i'm lost she loved sunflowers and yeah so they were connecting me with me to to, on different levels and with their stories but yeah i started to draw i started to learn and i got into it and my dad was like i think you should be an architect you know it's good money (laughs) (laughs) is it (laughs) listen after what in my second year of university, I realized that after I graduate, bus drivers here in London get paid more than junior architects. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'll be a bus driver. Uh, yeah. no, <laughs> don't tell me that driver. you started to. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm very stubborn, so I've graduated. Um, but then I was like, you know what? That's that's not for me. Like I have to study five years, two years in practice, so seven years overall. When is the money gonna kick in? Like Which you know, university did you go? Westminster and Baker Street here. Oh, Westminster and Baker Street. Yeah. So you do not work as an architect. Not anymore. Right. Um, I've tried, and I also worked in a company that focused on facade cladding investigations, external right. facade cladding investigations, post Grenfell. Yeah. Um, worked there for three years. Um, tried to incorporate everything I know from my course, so it doesn't go <laughs> to waste. Yeah. Um, and then I left. But yeah, and I go into more into culture and creative field. So, what do you identify yourself as? Are you an architect? Are you an artist? Are you a cultural ambassador? As, as I've read in a couple of places, 
I'm a human being. You're a human being. That's <laughs> the most important part. I'm a Saddam Bershingel. How you say Nuzvig, yeah? I guess um, when I meet people, I say I'm a cultural leader of Uzbekistan here in London, which is the truth because I do work with an organization to promote the Uzbek culture. To the wider audience here in UK and London, um, I say I'm an illustrator. I also work with a Turkish brand, um, jewelry brand, where I get my mentorship from, from the founder. And I work freelance with Ambassador of Culture and Tourism of Uzbekistan, Sophie, um, Sophie mm. Ibsen. So I, there's a lot of things that I'm doing all at once. <laughs> That's great. That's, That's great. great. That's amazing. And uh, I admire uh, people with uh, like energy of yours doing a lot to, uh, first of all, promote the culture, to kind of unite the society. Where do you get this energy from? Um, a lot of coffee, um, <laughs> um, a lot of trauma um, <laughs> that I've experienced. Um, I guess it comes from, I'm not going to lie, it comes from the source of trauma. Of Is it something you want to talk about? 100%, yeah, let's go for it. It comes from the source of trauma where I was not accepted, um, where I felt like I couldn't find the middle, couldn't find the center. Um, and I know there are people out there who also feel the same, not because, not just because they're third culture kids, but because they might be from minority groups. So there might be LGBTQ communities um, who also talk to me and like I try to support them as much as I can as well. It comes from that route. Um, it also comes from the route I've noticed, even here in UK, is big organizations, big foundations, big institutions giving voices to those, to those who are just from certain families. Tanishbilish, is that what it is? Tanishbilish, yes. I'm sick of it. <laughs> Even here in UK, I see it. It's um, everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. everywhere. Like you can't avoid it. Um, so I was sick of it, and I was like, you know what? What makes me any different? I had just have as much experience. I just have as much stories. I'm also, I can also go to the library, read a man of books. I also went to university. What makes me any different? Um, so I kind of started to explore that and kind of started to meet people who can help me. I started to slide into people's DMs without any shame, um, contacting people who can help me with mentorship. Um, there's a lot of people who have helped me to explore myself within cultural work, within the creator work. Um, they said, you know what, you can contact that person. You know what, I'll propose you to read this book. Um, you should be working with this organization that will help you. So I kind of started to evolved from there from that from that little anger from that little little thing that have i've experienced so the the the, the anger and the experience we're talking about is the, the the bullying that you've experienced when you came to the uk yes the bullying of where no one understood me um also not being accepted in the communities here who don't accept me as someone who is an uzbek who doesn't speak uzbek um, is there an anger to the Uzbek community of that time? And uh, what you're doing now is kind of trying to show them how it meant to be? No. No? No. Um, I understand them as well because I understand where they're coming from. I also understand that it's what their idea of Uzbek culture and they're trying to like preserve it basically. And it also comes from the root of trauma. So no. I understand them as well. Um, but no, I, I don't feel anger at all. You are, uh, we have talked about um, raising awareness, about empowering women, equality. And on the other side, that's Uz Uzbek culture, which sometimes may appear to be clashing with these uh, uh, notions and, and, and understandings. Mm. Uh, 
what do you think of that? Um, do you think that there is an element of our culture that actually uh, supports and encourages the, the equality uh, empowerment of, of women and it's just the in, uh, interpretation of the culture that is clashing at the moment with this kind of... Um, to be honest, I don't think it's a cu- cultural thing. It's more religious thing. I don't think it's religious or cultural. I think it's society, honestly. Education? Um, education as well. Um, educational um, institutions do not provide talks on these things, which this is what pissed me off the most when this has happened to me. I was not prepared. You know, as a kid, as a teenager, you have school, um, maybe some after school classes and home. There is no third space. Um, Essentially, the teenager, the kid, they only have educational institution to rely on when it comes to things. They talk about a lot of things here in British schools. They talk about... um, you know, personal health, hygiene, um, you know, protecting yourself during intimate... Sexual um, education. Exactly. They talk about that. Um, In fact, they show how to protect yourself. Um, But they don't talk about refugees. They don't talk about Mm -hmm. um, abuse, domestic abuse, violence. They don't talk about these topics enough. There were a lot of refugees, um, children in my school from Afghanistan. They need a different approach. The educational system don't don't provide that, um, and there's no safe space. I felt like there was no safe space for me to talk about these things when I was a kid. I was scared. I experienced domestic violence and abuse, um, and I had I didn't know who to go to because I was so scared. What if I tell the wrong person and then they go to the police and then you know I'm disattached from my mother because the abuse was happening from her husband? Um, you know I was scared. And also I'm an immigrant on top of that, um, at the disadvantaged field, basically. Um, so I've experienced it and, and I think it's more of a social thing, honestly. It's nothing to do with the religion or, or, or culture. It's a social thing. So the uh, way to address that is educating people. Conversations. 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 Opening conversations up. After I've um, talked about from my, my personal experience a year ago or two years ago, publicly, I had so many different messages from different people who have also experienced something similar. Um, I've had colleagues, friends coming to me for help because they are they were currently in those situations. Did it, they didn't know who to go to, even though they lived in London for what five, six, ten years. They're like, who do I call, Cami? Like, what did you do? So I was helping them, guiding them, and talking through that. But there's no like. We need conversations, basically, and it needs to start from the teenage, kind of teenage years. And you are happy to take on yourself to be the the, the proxy of the people who uh, reach out to you to help um, through your experience, through, through your knowledge. Um, is it okay, for example, if someone who is watching us at the moment uh, who may be experiencing the, the similar things reach out to you? Yeah, of course, hundred percent. Um, there's a lot of help here in UK and London that you can get. You can honestly just Google it and you can see it as well. Um, but there is no safe space to talk to. Like when I went to the police, the police has said, well, we can either, you can do a report and then whoever is abusing you, we will basically take him out. But his friends know where you live, you know, Hmm. you're not in a safe place or you go to another different part of London, different borough, 
and get help. Um, it's like, okay, but what about financial help? What about, I don't know, like mental health? Mm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about these things? And I was um, in my A-levels, I was in college. You know, what, what do I do like when the I go levels to, is very stressful yeah like, like <laughs> so you <laughs> even went to police right as I yeah yeah like to oh. help but like you went to police you went to shelter as well you said yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I have a question uh, what kind of abuse we're talking about if you don't mind me asking yeah like it was it was physical um, mm. emotional verbal so it started off from verbal emotional and then once it got to physical I was like mom like that's it we, we need to like get out Okay. Like there's no way, and it was a very like um when that has happened to me, it was one of those moments where before that I've also experienced oncology, so I was like, mom, like I've already been through life and death, I don't want to go through that again, so we need to leave, like that's it. Um, and to to be honest, like you you are telling <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm this just, like, story. Dropping, to, no, 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 <laughs> you're telling this story, and my heart started beating like, <laughs> and I'm like, what what would you what would be your advice to people who are having the same the same trauma the there same are different dimensions of your trauma. Uh, the, yeah, the more you talk the, yeah, the, what, the, what the more would, i realize what would be your adva- advice to 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 people um that having like same experience as you the way i've dealt with that is i was very proactive i didn't think i didn't have time to feel things I didn't have time for my emotions. So I was very proactive. I was like, okay, that's it. Like it, it just happened overnight. I was like, mom, packing um, everything we have, all the valuables. And we we actually forgot to pack a lot of documents with us, mm. like, a lot of essential things. Um, like we just packed rashly. We only had like 15 pounds between us. And I was like, you know what, that's it. Like we need maybe 50 or 40, but it doesn't matter. But, <laughs> but we were just proactive overnight. I was like Googling what can you do in a situation? And I didn't realize the fear until much much later i didn't realize the emotions much much later and once i felt the emotions i've dealt with them through art <laughs> right mm. i did obviously i went to therapy as well to kind of help me to release everything that i felt um and i think for if there's someone who's going through something similar and whatnot i think it's important to take actions and also understand what you're feeling and release that because you don't want to spend many, many years with this resentment within you um, towards the people around you or, or life overall. Um, you might have a bad moment, but you don't have a bad life. That's mm. that's the main thing. And how old you were at that time? I was 16, 17 when I was going through oncology and then 17, 18 when we left home. Mm. Okay. The oncology, you, you want it now. Can yes, you? yes, I, it's... It's, that's great it's fresh out like i mean it's nothing is there anymore <laughs> i check up so yeah <laughs> it's, it's amazing it's amazing i mean i i admire how much a fighter fighter you are Thank you. um i mean as i said multiple dimensions of the uh trauma and experiences that that, that you had and you are always beaming and gleaming uh which on itself is 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 um uh, quite a lot to get inspiration from so thank you Keep doing that. Uh, the art, you said, helped you a lot to get through this yes. trauma. Yes. Um, thanks to my dad, who basically guided me, <laughs> whether subconsciously or not, um, to release all the emotions through the artwork. So I started to draw a lot um, during those times. Even when I was in hospital, I was drawing constantly. I had doctors coming to me for checkups every day. And they're like, what did you draw today? Um, so I was drawing in hospital. I was drawing 
when me and my mom lived in one single room for two years after we left the domestic household, um, constantly drawing, constantly posting about it. It has helped me a lot because it felt like I didn't have anyone to talk to sometimes, so this is my way of conversation. This is my way of having a conversation, um, which helped me a lot um, with my degree as well. <laughs> Great, and <laughs> as a, <laughs> as a person who's not very much artistic, I, I, I can I, I can if I can sense that energy, that emotion, that conversation, as you said. I th I, th I think you're well. I'm sure you're doing a really great job you. with your artwork. Thank you. How often do you? Well, again, I think I'll reveal my lack of knowledge of, of art. But how long does it take to to, to create a piece of work oh. that, that 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 you create? It depends. Sometimes it takes me an hour. Sometimes it takes me four days. But sometimes it takes me a week. So it depends. Um, it depends what the message is behind what I'm drawing. Um, there was one poster I drew. It's basically like the pins that we have, I have here, you guys yep. have here. And it was like a little poster and there was different elements um, from the Uzbek culture that I wanted to explore. And somehow it became political. It was, um, so PLR, it was Kalambur, it was um, Dopper, and I think it was um, Kilin. <laughs> so I posted a voice about it, what it symbolizes, and it went political. People in comments, I had people in comments writing, why you oh it was Pachtagul as well I drew Pachtagul yeah um, and they were like why are you drawing Pachtagul um you know this is awful I had people messaging me you're you're glorifying killinization killinization there is apparently a term killinization killinization you're glorifying a why glorifying it that's offensive are you not a feminist um and this is why I draw what I draw and this is why I post because it gives you room to explore the topics and conversations. Um, but I didn't know that my art can be political right. and it can open up so many things. But is it bad for an art to be political? Absolutely not. I think that's amazing. No, that's what art is meant that to That encourages do. all these conversations. Exactly. Right. It's meant to open conversations. It's meant to be a bridge between all these conversations, all these topics that need to be explored, especially in our society, especially within our culture. Um, but I just, they were attacking me. Honestly, they, they didn't even understand where I'm coming from. So right. they were just like at it, you know? And I was like, bloody hell, just let's have some chai. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> relax. Yeah, relax, yeah. you know. But how you, where did you get the idea to sell the, as I understood, you sell your art, right? Yeah. And, and the paints. So where did you get the idea from? like selling it and how, how did you start selling it and how was it going with your art business in general? Um, with just like anyone else, I had an imposter syndrome. Mm. So I didn't believe in myself until I had a circle of friends who were like, I mean, that's it, like you need to draw, come on, like you need to sell it. Um, and they invested a bit of money and they gave me that as a present. They became like my angel investors. So thanks to them, a huge thank you. Um, and they were like, you know, this is the sum of money. Cami, like, this is our investment. Don't let us down. Um, please open your website and start selling. And I was wow. like, wow, like, I have a circled group of friends that believed in me. So, you know, I must I must do this. Um, I opened the website within three days. Okay. Um, myself. Yourself. Uh, myself. That's um, I mean, I'm, I'm bigging myself up, but honestly, on Squarespace, there's a lot of, like, little... Um, there's a way it's, it's easy it's, it's more easy than you think <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the website now it's, it's, it's really amazing what, what is the most popular item there? sunflowers sunflowers pins and um, sometimes you gotta mashala yourself the oh yeah yeah that, that was that, that was yeah. great <laughs> the bag. what's that? 
the back, to- is the toe toes back. back. Sometimes you gotta mashallah yourself. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I I really like the Uyghur, Uyghur girls, Uyghur yeah. Kuzlar as well. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, that's great. It's uh, after me connecting to the Uyghur community here in London. Yeah. Uh, the artwork, as I said, is is great. Um, and uh, obviously, the, yeah. very best of luck uh, to Artinamti. It's artinamti.com. If anyone wants to visit, we'll put it on the description <laughs> as well. Um, oh. When we talk about art, we cannot not talk about AI and generative AI. There are different extremes. Um, Some say that, uh, moderately say that AI is a tool to express yourself. And the other extreme is AI is just killing off um, artistic expressionism. Where do you sit in that? I definitely think it's a tool that allows you to explore more mediums. Um, I'll be honest, I don't think there's any art out there that's original anymore. I don't think there is such a thing as an original idea anymore. Um, someone is always taking something from someone. Someone is always inspired by someone. And I think that's that's okay. Um, as long as you kind of give the credit and talk openly and truthfully about it. Um, but what AI does is gives you a different dimension of experiencing art. And I think that's amazing. Um, it Whether people using AI to generate arts and call themselves artists um that's a different topic there are ai artists now yeah but, but, but they're, yeah. They're people who call themselves AI artists there is a documentary film documentary exit through the gift shop which essentially is exploring kind of that idea basically um the the first steps kind of the <laughs> um so it's basically about this guy i think he's from mexico or french i don't remember he follows banksy all right. everywhere and he's into the graphic art um and he's like oh like you know banks is amazing he's you know he's popular worldwide how am i any less more important so what he's not an artist at all so what he does he, he recreates he starts recreating banks's art he hires a group of graphic designers illustrators yep reproduces the art basically recycles someone else's art and sells it and makes millions out of it Whoa, okay so he calls himself an artist and is it not how how does it um work with the copyrights and exactly all that? that's the question he, that's he, the thing he, he's a very good businessman <laughs> yeah. well, check him out you know <laughs> i saw i saw some courses people people doing courses and selling them like how to ask how to give right prompts to AI so you get like I think what makes the art art is the story behind it yes. is the person behind it <laughs> and the message and the message behind it so uh, with the generative a- uh, artwork AI artwork there might be a message yeah I mean you might prompt something for, for uh, AI to create but there's no person there's no emotion mm. there's no story so uh, I, I think that people value that bit of the art rather than the actual outcome that generated either by artist or the LLM. You know what? I, I think art is something, you look at the picture and it might be a completely different message to what the original message is. You respond to it through whatever's inside of you and this is how it creates the impression whether art is valuable or not it's very you know it's it's 
how do I say it's, it's based on your concept of yourself and how you see the world. It's based on uh, your concept of the world as a creator and how you see the world. And it also d- depends on the person who is interpreting your exactly yeah and, and th- that that might be completely different as well exactly and that's that that's the beauty of that exactly so um again i am where w- on the discussion or debate of like ai uh, taking over some jobs and professions and etc i don't think that will happen because we as human beings uh, value the work of other humans not the algorithms or, or, or models or whatever it is. I agree with you, 100%. It's we want to know the person. And I think this is why I started when I was posting my artwork. It was The profile was public but anonymous. I never showed my face. And then I was like, people want to... People are asking who am I. They're, people still don't know my name sometimes. Um, when they see me in public, they're like, oh, I see Namsi, I'll follow you. <laughs> like, it's Camilla. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, they are interested to know the person behind the creation 100% 100% they want to know who this person is yeah. they people are curious like we as human beings we're very curious yeah. we want to know everything and this is why um influencers they're famous with their vlogs you know how you eat how you sleep <laughs> you know how you yeah, talk yeah, exactly. everything that you do we're just very curious per- personal brand is really really important so i do social media for companies for restaurants and etc uh, when I post the when I when I make a post about the the founder or the the staff working within the company, it 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 gets like much more rich, you know, and it gets more likes, more comments, and etc. Mm. So that's why like we all know the 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 story with the uh, Tim Cook, uh, the Mark Zuckerberg, you know. And yeah, I think people people have to really work on it on yeah. a personal brand, the business owners, and not only. Story is important. Yeah, people buy stories. They don't buy product. They won't. Exactly. They don't buy artwork. They 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 exactly. buy the stories. And and you have an amazing story. Thank uh, you. The, yeah. I mean, again, I'm I'm still trying to process all, all, all the information <laughs> I got. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's, yeah, um, and, and and I think it was a good decision to kind of uh, link your art and your uh, business to the story that, that that you have and that that will actually contribute to the awareness that you're trying to raise as well i i agree with you and i think that that was my initial approach and i have received a lot of messages as i said from people who have experienced something similar not just um domestic violence and abuse but oncology um at the young age and stuff but a lot of them are scared to open up publicly because if there's someone if there is someone from our community or like from our culture um, they they're scared to open up because, you know, the parents tell them, God forbid, you won't get married. That's the that that I think that's the big. You um, know, what would the neighbors say? Yes. Oh, yeah. They're worried to open up, and I'm like, by what what do you value? Like, what is the message that you want to live by? Then, like, it's now up to you to decide. Like, but I think people should open up. Um, once again. From the discussions, a lot of things can change. So I think we were talking about AI. We were talking. Yeah. What we said is, um, I don't know if you're going to put it. We had some technical issues, but we're continuing. <laughs> so we were talking about uh, us as human beings uh, being more interested about other people's stories. Yes. And uh, we talked about you uh, linking your art and business to your personal story. Um, 
Uyat. That's where we stop. So again, um, your recommendation to people would be don't think of those stigmas that society impose on you. Put yourself in the first place and open up to conversations. Exactly. Share your stories. Exactly. Don't be afraid. Um, let, let's hear it from you. What, what, how, how would you encourage the, the, the people to open up? The, the your bad experience will be uh, could be the opportunity the, the, to yeah, more. yeah exactly opportunity to your success you exactly know. you everyone has a villain every villain has a story <laughs> um every hero has a story and i think all the little bad things that have happened to you don't see them as your weakness see them as your strength and exactly. use them to your advantage um, make opportunities out of them. I've made opportunities out of them for sure. Like, you know, um, so definitely use opportunity, make opportunity out of it. Think of the message that you have inside of you and kind of release it. Your close family, friends will understand you. Um, they will support you. They might not understand why you're doing it. And I'll be honest. At first, my dad didn't understand why I'm going with this cultural work. He didn't understand. He was like, Why? you know you moved here when you were 11 what's what what's why are you doing it for like what are you getting out of it is anyone paying you um but i saw the bigger picture i saw the wider from the wide eye view i understood the potential of where it will lead me so here i am <laughs> great great camilla um uh we uh obviously we we can talk for quite a long time your yeah, story is lots. really interesting Thank and we you. do want to talk i hope you'll come back again and and we, we will continue this this conversation have i have a lot of questions left <laughs> yes <laughs> i have we, more traumas to discuss <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not hopefully not uh hopefully we'll discuss uh, more success and 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 uh, both in business and uh, life in general um we have different segments in our podcast podcast as you have um uh, realized um we normally give a free kind of microphone to our guest where you can talk about anything you want mm. just look just at the camera whatever you want no we, no interruptions no uh, limits just you and camera okay cool I'll take my glasses I love it if you're um, a young creative or someone who who is surrounded by those who don't believe in yours or you realize that your surroundings is not something that you want to be with anymore that's okay um please explore yourself in other ways and please be brave about it do whatever you need to do there's no shame in sliding into the dms um in fact glide into the dms um use everything as an opportunity to kind of show yourself and as you never know who will open up the door just knock um so yes i think that's it <laughs> Thank you so much. And go to Artinamti and make sure you support Camilla's <laughs> exactly. efforts. I mean, Artinamti.com. This is so lovely. I love it. Thank you. I mean, no hard pressure, of course, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have another new segment. Can I call it a segment? We can call it a segment. Yes. Yeah. We can call it whatever we want. It's our podcast. So, <laughs> we, we, so this is the first time we're doing it with mm -hmm. you. What book would you suggest to our 
viewers to our subscribers. And why? And why? God, there's actually so many works. Like you put me on a hot What's your favorite? Up. Put me on a spot. That really. changed your life. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> um, right. I think one of the books that I've read, um, it comes from a personal experience. I met someone. I had a, I had a friend and she, I think she was, she got married for a third time in her 30s, early 30s, she had a kid. She also went through something similar as I have, um, domestic violence and abuse. Um, and her third marriage is a happy marriage, good marriage, healthy marriage. And when I met her husband, um, he, I asked him, don't you guys want to have a kiss of your own? And he said, have you not seen the world? Have you not seen how negative it is? Have you not mm. seen how it's going downhill? And I was like, what do you mean? No, it's it's improving. He's like, no, it's not improving. I don't want to bring a kid into this world. That's, that's selfish. Um, I'm happy that she has a kid from another marriage. I treat that kid as my own. That's enough for me. I had a very long thought. I got a little bit depressed about it. And then I got recommended a book called Factfulness by Hans Rosling. I think Hans Rosling's I've read. Um, Factfulness is a book about hope is a book about how the world is in fact improving don't believe the negative thoughts don't believe the negative people who wanting to or who want to convince you that the world is going down of course there's wars going on 100 percent. of course there always have been there always will be unfortunately um but factfulness is one of the books that i've read that which kind of made me realize that it's, it's, there is hope that's great that's great i'll definitely and go and Guys, if you want to read that book, we'll put the link in the description. Feel free to get factful. Yeah, <laughs> to, 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 get factful. To, the, to get factful. To get factful. How do one, you say that? Go through the link and purchase it. One, um, one final uh, uh, kind of segment. I think we yeah. can call it. Let's call it segment. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last thing that that, that uh, tradition, or we can call it tradition. Yeah, one, tradition. One, one last tradition. tradition. The word. tradition. We, we we want to kind of keep on uh, our, our episode is um, uh, to ask the guest a question that was asked by some previous guests. Oh, I wonder who that is. Oh. Yeah, we have many many <laughs> guests before, so you don't know who who, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> who the question is for uh, from. But the question is actually, um, we have touched upon uh, the topic during our conversations. Yes. It's, it's about uh, bringing up uh, the kids, the third culture children or second generation. In, third, I, I don't, third culture kids. Third culture kids, yeah. yes. Um, what can you do um, to make sure that your kids uh, will be linked to their culture, and as you are the actually uh, a person who have uh, preserved your links with with Uzbekistan, uh, what do you think the parents should do to encourage the kids to to be linked to their culture? Um, well, I'll start with the most dramatic, which is language. <laughs> um, encourage your children to speak in Uzbek. Encourage them to watch the. Um, programs in Uzbek language. It doesn't have to be Uzbek programs per se, but in Uzbek language, that's one thing. And encourage your children to cook with you in the kitchen. Food is universal language of it all. I was taught to learn um, how to cook mante with my mom. I We did chuchvara. Uh, we learned how okay. to cook it together. Um, Do you know um, how to cook plov? 
with my dad. Yes. Ooh, okay. Yes, my dad taught me how to make toy plov, my favorite. Wow. Um, my brother actually cooks very good plov. He doesn't know how to make omelette, but he cooks <laughs> an amazing plov. Amazing plov. Um, encourage your children to help you in the kitchen because food is the most universal language out there. Um, and you can learn so much and you can connect with so many people through the food. Last week, I actually went to Oshpaz to introduce my friends from Azerbaijani community, Uzbek, true Uzbek plov. They were in Ave. At first, they were like, oh, do you sure that'll be enough? You know, two big legans of <laughs> Osh. I was like, guys, you'll be rolling out of there. <laughs> Trust me. You will be so addicted. You'll be coming back again. And I was right. They're coming back next week. <laughs> mm, nice. That's great. That's, that's actually uh, quite a different uh, suggestion that I've heard. I've no, never heard someone suggesting their kids to f learn how to cook, to fall in love with a good and, and through food to get connected with the culture. Absolutely. Have you been teaching your kids how to cook? My, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I haven't because I, I, I'm i a horrible cook myself. Well, <laughs> their mum, uh, she's doing a, a really good job uh, te teaching them how to Hulkar cook traditional. Ooh, bang, bang, okay. you're yes, amazing. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to her from here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great, Camila. Thank you very much. Um, thank you so much. Kat rahmat, kat rahmat. That it was, was so interesting. Yeah. It, it was amazing. I, I, <laughs> I, I hope you, you enjoyed it as well. I did. Um, and uh, as we said, we are always open for another rounds of these kind of discussions of in the future. It, it felt like I'm in a therapy session. It was just, you know, catching I hope it's, up it's, with, it's a good comment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> catching up with my friends, you know. So, yeah. Thank, Thank you so, so much. Thank, Thank you, you so much me. for watching, guys. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe. Yay. And that's it. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Yay. We are very successful, I yeah. think. Yeah.